Sean, you son of a bitch. What'd I do this time? You wasted my time. No. <laughs> yes. So, you tell me that you're going to be buying NHL 21 because you are just like the rest of the people in the world that buy the same game over and over again. You were super excited about it. You've been talking about it forever. And uh, what do I get today on my lunch break? I get to sit down. I'm going to enjoy my time in seclusion. And, oh, I got a little notification from someone. And you tagged me in a post trying to win a copy of NHL 21. For someone who has been so excited to buy this game for so long, you're not even going to buy it you're going to try and win it and you're wasting my time doing so uh hopefully this show's not a waste of time hey whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure movie or video game we've got you covered welcome to the scene on screen podcast with your hosts sean and david I admit I may or may not have been really excited for something and then realized I had a 10-hour trial on EA Play. What are you talking about? Yeah, so like like you have early access to the game. So I had 10 hours to it, and I've only used five so far. Why buy the game until I have to? Yeah, but you're, you, you tagged me in a contest so that you could win a copy of it. To save $80. But... You could have tagged literally anyone. <laughs> you just tagged me because you knew it would bug me, didn't you? A little bit, because I thought, A, it was funny, but B, I was like, this guy not only likes free video games, but he likes video games. Yeah, but hold on. You would be winning the copy, not me. Yeah, but it's the same premise. Like, <laughs> we're running <laughs> so, a contest right now. So when you win a game, I win the game? No, it doesn't work that way. Oh, well, I can... what you're saying is if you were to win, you would have given it to me. Tag, no. Tag away, friend. Tag away. No, because you're not. What are you going to do? Just turn on the virtual players and have them simulate a game and you're just going to watch in the background like you do with MLB The Show? No. No, I probably would just download it, load it up like once or twice, and then never play it again. You'd goat me into being like, hey, I'm online. And then I look and then. You're just not playing. Yeah. It, Speaking of which, it'll say in the menus. <laughs> we haven't played together in so long. I know. What was the last I'd game we played? Probably golf with friends. Yeah. Something like that. No, we played some uh, Warzone. I think the last thing ago. we played would have been. No, oh, we, we were supposed to play grounded and then we didn't. Oh, and we did that stupid. Um, it's based off that board game. That was the last game we actually played together. Munchkin. Oh, yeah, that's true. And no, that no, no. Game... We, we play golf with friends after that. Yeah, golf Which with friends is fun. Is, that game's amazing. It's just on some sort of crack that's so hard to play that it's nearly impossible. It's to... the, the thing with golf with friends is that it still is mini golf. It still has the same rules as golf, except for, you know, the there's random shit flying around and explosions and jumps and you can have like a rocket pack attached to your golf ball, but it's still like the same scoring premise, but it is so ridiculous that it doesn't really matter how 
like you're still aiming. You just keep shooting over and over and over again, right? Like there were some holes that we were hitting and it was like, it actually stopped the game for us because we had too many attempts. Yeah, it was like shots. you were embarrassing yourself. Yeah. You, sir, need to stop. So how are you? How was another week away from life as you know it? You mean real job? Yeah, this is our fake fun job. Yeah, real job is tiring. I don't know how people do it. Yeah, welcome to like not being a student. I know, right? But hey, when I finally get paid in three weeks, it's going to be great. That's the worst part about starting a new job. You always start on an off cycle? Yes. If I had started the week prior, I would have been paid last Friday. Damn. No, hold on. Hold on. This Friday. Uh, no, no. Last Last this Friday. is something that is not even pertinent to, to people <laughs> listening to this show. But everyone, everyone has experienced that at some point in their life. You know, you start yeah, your job and you're like, you're like, yes, I'm going to get paid. I'm going to get paid this week or I'm going to make so much money, even if it's minimum wage, you know, more money than no money. And uh, yeah, so I asked like, what's, when's the pay uh, schedule? And they're like, oh yeah, we get paid this Friday. So um, yeah, you'll get paid in three weeks. Son of a bitch. And your heart just sank. Yeah, because I feel like I'm working for free right now. You know, I, I think when you start a new job, th- that first pay, once you finally get paid, you're like, yes, I'm an employee. But now I'm just like working on a promise that I'm going to get paid. Hell, you know what? Half of my employment stuff isn't even working. I can't even log into the like their Wait, time clock. So you don't get paid till like November like 13th? August or August <laughs> October that'd be so long not getting paid till August October 30th is uh when I get my first paycheck that's only next that's next week yes but I started last week so, so you're I gonna get paid I, for five days no no I'll, I'll get paid for two weeks I'll get paid for last week and this week oh you I thought you made it sound like you were getting paid three weeks from today oh, I was like, no, God, no. that's no it was three weeks from when I started working yeah, mm. which still does suck. I that's three quarters of a month working, David. But you know what I'm going to do with my first paycheck? Pay for part of my Xbox. Pay some bills. No, nice. <laughs> um, I have a confession to make. Oh, another one. There's another reason why I didn't buy NHL. Oh, what did you do? Just did a bad thing. What did you do? So, um, I don't know why it took me all of the pandemic to realize that there was another sport that took the skill set of my athleticism and also took an interest of another sport I had and put it together. And it was like locally popular. So, I don't know if you remember this from when we were in school back in the day, but... I bought like five or six Frisbee golf discs because people tried to get me into it when we lived in London. I assumed that you just had regular Frisbees. I didn't know anything was special about them. So they're smaller discs, but they weigh about the same as a regular like Ultima Frisbee. 
Now, these Frisbees or these discs have sat in my parents' garage for years, like literally just hanging on a hook. The bag was deteriorating. Left them alone. There was like six or seven of them. Nothing too, too major, right? I went out at the beginning of September or maybe at the end of August because my friend was like, hey, do you want to go to Paris, Ontario, and we'll go disc golfing? I was like, sure. We couldn't get a tee time today because, you know, golf now, you have to like book your tee times and it's almost impossible to get on a course. Don't you normally have to book a tee time for golf? Well, you could always just walk up too, but the thing was like days would sell out so quickly if the weather was going to be nice. Mm. So we went and tried this out. I was like, oh my God, this is fun. But I realized some of the um, the discs I had were a little like beaten up because I, I abused the shit out of them when I played with them like seven years ago. So I went and talked to a friend who owns a disc golf place. Shout out Willow Ridge Disc Golf. And a problem started happening because like my gaming and like it's not like other sports where like golf you have your clubs and you have your balls and it's not like hockey where you have all your equipment or ultimate where it's like my cleats and my clothing it's you have your discs you have so a, i went out and saw you have a, fanny a buddy pack? no i have a backpack for it now like it's better so the first time i went out to go see him i bought uh, a few different discs that did a few things. Like one was like a more sturdy putter style. Then I threw, I got, uh, he like threw with me some of the other stuff and he showed me like different mid range and a different type of driver. I was like, well, these are all cool. So I bought them. Spent about a hundred bucks on four discs. Chris was like, what the fuck? WTF. Fast forward. You literally to- spent a hundred bucks on four discs of plastic well these are high quality plastic they're not like the shitty plastic which i've learned about there's like you can buy some for like ten dollars but they're made of like a hard plastic that chips and cracks really easy all right fast forward to next or for last friday right so i was like all ready to go buy um my nhl i was gonna be like i'm working today i'm gonna pick up nhl head home and I was like, oh, good. Do I have this trial? So I started playing it Thursday, and I was pretty hyped. I was like, oh, this is pretty good. It's very different than the last game uh, for the Be a Pro. And I see a, a post on Instagram. Somebody that I follow had uh, a line of discs get released at midnight on Friday. So I tried to buy them, or Thursday night. So I tried to buy them, tried to buy them, didn't work. Get to work, not thinking of anything. I see a post from another website, like in the area, like in Almer, be like, oh, all these discs just dropped. You should get it while it's hot. Put them in my cart. $75 later, I have another three discs. That's after shipping and stuff. And then I messaged my buddy. I'm like, hey, do you still have those bags? Because I was looking for a different bag than the -the over-the-shoulder little cooler bag that I had originally. He's like, yeah, yeah, I do. No problem. I go there and I get a bag for all these discs. And another disc while I was there. So. I spent like $150 on discs on Friday. Okay. So how does this work? You you have different like weighted discs for different types of shots. Yeah. It's actually really, really cool. So they, they have like different styles of discs that are rated based off speed, distance, turn, and fade. So. Like I've been watching some videos to see how like the molds are kind of made. Like there's some that fly a little bit more sturdy and straight. 
There are some that are designed that if you like, like throw it really hard on your backhand, it'll spin and fade right. If you throw it on your forehand, it'll spin really fast and like fade left. But it's all like kind of designed on um, like the weight of the disc and I think where they distribute the plastic. The other thing that's cool too is if you get a, a hold of a really good throw, I'm no, by no means should probably already have 10 discs. I'm still learning and getting better. But every once in a while when you get a hold of it and you can get it to like make a little S turn in the air. Oh my God, it's so cool. So are you going to start buying like more and more discs just because, you know, you, you saw them, oh, you've heard good things about it, good deal, all that stuff? Um, not particularly. There was um, one mold that I... I tried, so I played a game a few weeks back and we called it a disc scramble. So I met some friends, very socially distanced, of course, but I met some friends out on a disc golf course. And what we did is we took um, a few discs and threw them in a pile and then you took turns picking up each other's discs. So then you'd play with different, like, so you'd learn a few different ones that maybe you didn't have before because there's so many different brands and stuff. And I really wanted this one called a zone. And then I like this guy named uh, Brody Smith, who's an ultimate player um, and a YouTuber and stuff. And he had his own print. So I wanted to pick up one of those of, of that brand to post it. Cause it was called a get freaky and it had a get freaky stamp on it, opposed to one that just said zone. So like sometimes it's like pogs kind of when you're looking at the branding of them a little. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, like some of them have pictures. Like there's a lot right now that have like there's a few Mandalorian ones with like Baby Yoda. Um, there's Chewbacca's. There's a bunch of different stuff. People like print on them and sell them, and it's 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 a new thing. But I spent far too much money on it, and so, I was told I, I wasn't allowed to spend any more money until I got paid again. Yeah, I I get that a lot too. But with but board with games, board games, <laughs> so I feel like our significant others might need to start like some sort of support group. <laughs> because I feel like you've started down a slippery slope of buying disc golf. Disc well, I like that. If there's something I can collect while playing it, I will do it. <laughs> and it's bad. Like I, I like my one buddy's just like, you're obsessed. I was like, yeah, but it's fun. And I like doing it and it's different. He's like, but I can play the same course with only six Frisbees. I'm like, yeah, but I have the variety of 12. <laughs> And I can do it with more than six. And he's like, I'll still beat you. I'm like, yeah, it's because you're six foot five and you can throw a hundred yards, which I'm working on. But so you just need to get a lighter disc. Uh, most of them are any, any like between 160 and 180 grams. Not a lot. Interesting. I don't, I don't have any like really cool ones with like prints. Like all mine are fairly generic. Like two of them say Canada on them, but I don't have like some of my older stuff have like pictures when pictures were cool, but I also understand why I got them so cheap back in the day. Yeah. So uh, if I, if I get some cool ones, I'll post it. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll start a little disc golf appreciation on the scene on screen podcast, because we do like talking about anything you can play. Um, I do have a question for you before we get into our main event or our stories for today. You've talked, tried to talk to me, uh, talk me into betrayal on house on the hill numerous times, correct? Uh, I guess, yeah. I mean, once <laughs> while we were in J&J's, and you you had me so convinced that if there was a second legacy, I probably would have dropped the money on it that day. Nah, man, I got a copy of it we can play. But is that 
the type of game that you want to like put on some Halloween music, lower the lights a little bit. So your room's like kind of a tingy orange and just go to town. Tell me. Yes, absolutely. That that was riveting. Thanks for telling all our <laughs> listeners about betrayal. What is betrayal about and why should I buy it? Um, it is a, I, I want to say it's kind of like a dungeon crawler. But it takes place, you are a family of people, or not. you're not even a family, you're just, you know, different explorers, and you're exploring through this haunted mansion. Uh, but the cool thing about it is you explore, uh, sorry, the, the mansion grows as you explore it. So it's not like a traditional game where the whole map is out there all at once. Uh, everyone starts off at the entrance of the building. And you can move to another room. And what when you reveal that room, what you do is you take a uh, room tile from a stack of tiles and place it in there. So it's random. They're, they're shuffled up and then you have a random room. So each room has different things that can happen. Either you'll get an item or you'll get uh, um, a companion might show up or an event might happen. Um, but eventually the haunt happens so based off of the number of players um and i think there's things called omens so if someone gets an omen there are generally bad things but well like they're good things but bad things happen with them um and when an omen is drawn then you have to roll the number of dice equal to the number of people playing or whatever and then uh depending on how that roll happens the haunt happens so then this is where the game changes so Originally, like the game starts off as a um, a co-op adventure. Mm-hmm. But once the haunt starts, it turns into a one versus all. So it's either the person who started the haunt becomes the traitor, the bad person, um, or sometimes it's whoever has a specific item, they become the traitor. So then what happens is there's two different books Um Uh, scenario books one person uh the person who's the traitor the haunter they take the uh one book that explains how they win the game and then the other people they take the other book that explains how they win so there's different goals that uh each group of players have either the people like the explorers versus the traitor um, they each have different goals on how to win. So generally it's like uh, how to defeat the traitor or how to stop the haunt from happening and vice versa. But the cool thing is, is that the other, I'm, I'm going to say teams because generally the, the explorers are like uh, two or more people. Uh, they don't know what the objective is or how the other person or team uh, controls or moves their characters. Uh, so, uh, not necessarily in this one, I, I, in the original game, we played one haunt where I was the, I was the traitor and I became invisible. And so I had to essentially, uh, kill the explorers and then drag their bodies to, um, like a portal type thing. But because I was invisible, I didn't have to tell them where I was how many spaces I was moving um, or what I was doing so how does that work though do you just be like 
I'm just keeping it on the, the table the entire time. So I removed my character piece off the table and I had to have like a notepad kind of uh, keeping track of where I was or whatnot, just for my own personal reference. Um, but I had to attack and kill other players. So eventually they knew that I was either in the room with them or uh, I would be like in a, the room beside them or whatnot. Um, and it was funny because one of the people we were playing with, they are what, uh, what, what, what do you call them? Uh, sore losers. That's right. They're sore losers. <laughs> so they're not fun when they are losing a game where they, they don't have complete control over the game. Makes so this, sense. This person was just bitching and complaining, saying that I was cheating. I was making stuff up because in the, the, uh, rule book for my my character i did not have to answer any of their questions i could do what any of my movements if they asked me i could just ignore them right so that's what i was doing so this one person in particular thought that i was just doing whatever i wanted making shit up and they were she was bitching so much it was just kind of funny um eventually they figured out where i was and managed to corner me because um, and some of them had like weapons that would shoot through multiple rooms and stuff like that. So they eventually killed me and I lost. And it was funny because once I lost, then uh, this one person in particular was all like, ah, oh, fuck you. We killed you. Kicked your ass. Blah, 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 blah. Like it was just like complete 180 on the attitude. But it was it. Th- that is kind of what the game is like. Uh, it starts off as a co-op game and then it turns verse into a one versus all. Uh, the unique thing about Betrayal Legacy is that each game, so if you've played a legacy game such as um, Pandemic, for example, Pandemic Legacy, uh, you would know that each game that you play adds to the next one in some way. Either you add stickers or something that to the, the board, you add new uh, cards, uh, or there's new gameplay mechanics. So with most legacy games, you can only play them a set number of times because you're destroying cards and it's and you're adding stuff to the board. You're physically manipulating the game. Um, and th- it's just not really possible to reset it. Now, the cool thing with Betrayal Legacy is that there is a story that takes place over 12 or 13 games. Um, and in that, you are seeing there's a, a loose story that explains follows this house over the course of you know a hundred years um each character that you play is essentially just a descendant from the previous character so that's how the people are connected and you are making changes to the cards and some of the rooms and stuff like that but once you're done that 13th uh mission you have a fully customized game uh, that you can play scrimmage modes. So there's extra scenarios and haunts, stuff like that, that don't come up during the regular game um, that only can come up during um, uh, like a, a scrimmage game or, or whatever it is. Yeah. So this is what was really cool about this game because it takes what was cool about Betrayal at House on the Hill and turn it into a legacy game, but still made it so that you can play the game over and over and over again. Um, it is definitely like one of my top, I'd say it's one of my top 10 games just because you can play the game, you know, 25 times and have a different outcome 
every time, have a different event happen every time. But there's no but. I love the game. Oh, okay. So <laughs> we'll have to play it because it's like it's now crept up onto my list of games that I keep being told to buy. And like right now we're we're because I'm collecting frisbees. No, I'm just kidding. We we are trying to hold back on how many more things we buy that we'll have to move when we move. Um, but that's definitely a board game that we've talked about. Well, uh, next time you know I we have our shopping date, maybe I'll stay a little later and we can play a game. Well, I do believe you and I have a bro date on the 10th or 11th, depending on how the mail shakes out. Yeah, depending on that Mr. Mailman. Now, do you remember when we were in J&J's and uh, that one random girl was, I think, I guess that girl and her boyfriend or whatever, were going to buy Betrayal. That was was two girls. No, no. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was a guy and a girl. No, it was two girls, and they were talking about how their boyfriend wanted them to get a certain game. No, that was Galaxy Trucker, I thought. Anyways. So oh, they, yes. Yeah. And uh, they had Betrayal at the House on the Haunted Hill or whatever it is, which is the original game. And I was like, uh, excuse me, uh, the superior version of the game is actually Betrayal Legacy. It fixes lots of stuff, and it's a legacy game, and you customize it, blah, 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 blah. They gave them the spiel, and like, oh. That sounds sweet. And then they bought the other one for $10 more or $20, but totally worth it. 100% worth it. There was, there were some, like I said, like some fiddly things with the original game um, that they fixed. So like just some gameplay mechanics and stuff like that. So essentially betrayal legacy is like the version 2.0, like that is updated with extra features. Same great game, same great, stories well you know what if we get the chance to i know we're going to be spending quite a bit of money that day anyways with uh the consoles coming out of our accounts however i wouldn't mind stopping at j and j's in the morning before we get to work it's just you know yeah i know what um i need to get with my credit there oh yeah you have like a 50 dollar credit there yeah there's a like this unlock series. You remember that those those games, right? Yeah, I was inquiring about. It. I guess the Star Wars one is out. So, oh, finally, yeah. So hopefully they have that and don't laugh at me when I ask them. Yeah, like you're in last time. So, um, if you guys like what you heard about David's review slash kind of sale of betrayal, let us know in the comments or shoot us a message. I want to call this segment David's Dicey Reviews. <laughs> Ooh. That because, is dicey. Yeah, because you don't know what way they're going to come out. But um, David, David is a um, actually fairly well-respected board gamer in, I would say, somewhat of southwestern Ontario, depending on who you ask. Um, but we are we are happy to share that some of his very famous – Famous unboxing videos will be hitting our YouTube channel soon. Yeah, I have some uh, new content coming out. And uh, maybe we'll get some gameplay. We'll set up some webcams and we'll, we'll do our best to try and do it remotely, you know, COVID and all. But uh, we can do it digitally. We can do whatever we can do. Yeah, we can do what we want. We're adults. Speaking, speaking of digital, 
I, I know this question would be mainly for me, which is, the answer is no, because you have an Android. But xCloud is finally available on iOS. So Microsoft and Apple mended their fences, and they've uh, they they've de- decided to uh, make this thing happen now. Well, I don't know and- if um, I don't know if they mended their differences. I think Microsoft just edited the app or something like that to allow it. Yeah, I, I thought it had to do with. Um, the same thing Epic Games tried to pull off. Like XCloud wanted to be able to do their own purchases. I was one of the reasons they got rid of The thing is, is that XCloud. So, for anyone that doesn't know what XCloud is, it's essentially Microsoft's um, game streaming service. So it allows you to play games remotely um, on your mobile devices, and on. I think it also counts for pc as well but um essentially you can play xbox one games on your phones now and tablets there was an issue with it on the microsoft store or i'm sorry the apple store because um apple does not really like other companies having stuff on their platform i guess um so there were some issues with that and i'm trying to remember what exactly it was um, I don't really know. It was such an issue that they, well, it did delay it a little bit for sure. Well, well yeah, like because xCloud has come out on Android, I want to say a few weeks ago. It's been out for a little while. And I have to admit, it does work pretty well. It's super, super sweet. Do you play uh, it on your note? Yeah, yeah. So I actually have a... Um, like a phone clip that connects to my Xbox controller. And um, I can use my Xbox controller connected via Bluetooth to my phone and just stream from xCloud to uh, my phone. Sometimes I do that when Angela's using the TV, which isn't that often actually now that she's studying. But um, yeah, it's actually pretty cool. I should tried it off out at the... uh, friend's place the other week just nice. to show them uh but it's kind of a big deal because uh ios users were left in the dark um, this great new feature um because of apple essentially they were not able to stream xbox games and i think part of it is because apple it was something to do with, I think, what you like similar to the the Epic Game Store, but something to do with um, being able to purchase and play other content or something like that through another storefront type system. But the thing is, with XCloud, it's usually, I, I believe, it's linked to Game Pass, um, so it's not really a store because you already have. It's like a subscription service, right? So really, it's no different than streaming a movie on Netflix. Right. Um, but yeah, that just released for iOS. Was it like just this week? Yeah. On iOS 14. Yeah. So are you going to, I mean, Apple might've wanted to like with their update, just kind of protect it a little bit, but I don't know. I was waiting till, cause like I was planning on this year buying an iPad. Um, I've been in between the iPad Pro and the iPad Air. And for what I'm going to use, I probably just want the Air. Mm-hmm. But the Air should be able to seemingly seamlessly run my Xbox, no problem. 
from anywhere I want. So I could be like at work, taking a break, whip out my controller and be like, oh, play a game of Warzone on lunch. Okay, hold up. Hold up. So it was a new Xbox update, the Xbox app update. Um, so you can stream games to their device, um, allowing remote play. Oh, no, remote play is for PS4. Xbox remote play will feature only connect. Okay, so it's not really xCloud. It's the remote play, so you can play the games on your Xbox and stream those. So it says that uh, Microsoft's updated Xbox app doesn't change the xCloud situation. Apple extended an olive branch to allow services like Stadia and xCloud recently, but it included a big catch that would mean Microsoft would have to individually submit hundreds of games as separate apps using its streaming tech. So Apple's still fucking over. Oh, that's that's awful. Do you really, when you get to the nuts and bolts of it, do you really even have a remote sense of surprise? Even if you look at what happened last week with Apple, right? Apple released all these new phones. Apple released all their new software. Wow. So they have a MagSafe circle on the back of their phone. Do you know who did that first? Motorola. Mm -hmm. And like to a T, the technology is the same. Um, I don't know if you remember the Z play series. It was, it's more recent, but it all has, it has all those proprietary um, add-ons. So you can add, uh, there was a projector, there was a gaming console that you could add to it. And then if you downloaded like 64 ROMs, you could play on it. Mm -hmm. It's pretty cool, but Apple's not doing anything revolutionary and they're still limiting their software. Well, Apple hasn't really done anything revolutionary since the, I don't know, maybe even like the iPhone six, if that, well, they went back to the square edges. The only thing Apple I think still leads in and I don't think it's cell phones. Well, I know they have like 60% of the market. Is the, lineup, is the lineup outside the Apple store with people having problems with their s- devices? I, I think where they're best off still is like their watch. Like their watch is amazing. The watch does everything you can ask it to do. My watch, so many things that I don't know it even does. It tells me the time. I can answer phone calls on it. And if I'm at the gym, I can keep my phone in my locker so I don't have to carry my like pro max out there just same size as your note but i don't have to have that in my pocket or put it up against like the dirty ass like treadmill or something because i can stream spotify from my watch to my airpods and I've yeah gone like, almost apple everything that's the thing is you know I, i've had an android watch and they they change so quickly and it features and stuff like that are all dependent on the manufacturer like at least with with apple devices it's they are a set feature. Like they're not, you're not going to have the same watch with the same OS, but different features because, you know, uh, fossil makes one versus, I don't know, some other watch company. Garmin. Um, yeah. So, so kind of going back to this xCloud thing. So yes, exactly what I, I just said, uh, Microsoft uh, raised a point saying that uh, streaming movies or songs don't, 
face the uh, same content restrictions as games. So Apple does not force Netflix, Disney Plus, or Spotify to submit each individual movie, TV show, or album into a separate app. Apple treats them differently in its app store, and the company extracts large amounts of revenue from in-app purchases related to games. So essentially what would what Microsoft has to do right now in order to get game streaming from xCloud onto um, iOS, they would have to submit a each game individually mm-hmm. uh, to Apple for um, like approval or whatever, which would then be a separate app that they would need to download just to stream that individual game. And anything that is purchased for that game, so like any DLC, right? So Apple takes a 30% cut of in-app purchases. So by doing so, Apple would have to, or Microsoft would have to give Apple a 30% cut of any DLC um, content purchased in those games that were streamed uh, on iOS. So here's the thing. This is a um, amazing advancement in technology. The fact that uh, Microsoft has managed to do a game streaming service with very low latency that works on uh, Wi-Fi, mobile networks, probably your cousin's dial-up internet, right? If they had a router hooked up to it. But this is a huge jump in in allowing people access to their games anywhere. Um, and if it, there's one thing that I've been very vocal about over this, uh, the last few months is that Microsoft has been very um, prominent in pushing this access your games from anywhere. You know, games are for everyone. You should be able to play them no matter what system you're on. Yes. So, and, uh, they're trying to do this. They're trying to expand. And yes, some people will argue like, oh, they're just doing it for money. 100%. They're a corporation. They're a business. They're doing this for money. But they are allowing, they're, they're doing things that, you know, up until now have just kind of been a dream, right? And there's always, always another company that is will make a like will cause problems in this case is apple where they have these such these strict rules on their app store and what's allowed on their devices that there's millions of people that could take advantage of being able to play xbox games on their iphones or ipads that they can't what android driven piece of technology do you think will be the weirdest you'll see somebody stream an xbox on because it's coming somebody's gonna post like yo i i was sitting in my kitchen and i decided to connect my x cloud to my fridge it's already happened oh so so that one's already done yeah so because like you, you, can buy, thing you can get fridges and stuff like that with um android displays built in right well, yeah, like and, I was, I saw them at Home Depot the other day. That's why yeah, I brought it up. That's really, that's really it. Like fridge. Um, I'm sure there's uh, some washing machine or something like that that has a some sort of Android display on it. I, um, I saw a video on Trump's favorite app, TikTok. Um, that was uh, somebody did it in their Tesla. 
I was like, now that's just not safe. That's <laughs> like that scene in Men in Black. Remember when the uh, the autopilot came up and it was just a PS2 controller? Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, it's it's. I I think that eventually, you know, everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> You know, people are going to be able to play the games that they want to play on whatever system they want to play it on. Um, but until Apple kind of loosens up a bit, you know, like Google could do the same thing, right? They could, and and Google does have rules for their app stores, um, but they're a lot more lenient on what can go on there. Um, and I think part of it is because Apple is so, so concerned about their branding and Apple's always been about like control, right? They've yeah. always had that closed ecosystem. Um, and I think by now you think that they would have opened up a little bit. You know, it, it's taken so long for cross-platform multiplayer to happen, and it's slowly, slowly happening. And Sony's the one that's kind of holding that back right now. Sony is the Apple of cross-platform multiplayer, whereas Apple is the Sony of game streaming. I don't know. I know. I can't remember if we did it with Call of Duty, but playing cross platform Warzone is the most difficult thing. Your party always sounds like somebody's running around in a fish tank. Well, and the game like just takes so much longer to load in because it has to like get your entire party into the same lobby. It's very difficult. Like I, I play it quite often crossplay, because one of our friends plays, or uh, one of the groups of guys I play with has a PlayStation, and the the advantage in something like Warzone is if you play with uh, game chat, you can like have kill um, kill mics, so the mic goes hot when you're killing somebody, and the, all you hear is like "fuck you" and all this other stuff, or like people call people cheaters all the time. If you're in a party, you don't get that experience. So in one way, I think it's kind of cool, but it's also, you know. I think with with Warzone and specifically Modern Warfare, uh, that was the first Call of Duty game that allowed cross-platform play multiplayer, right? Yeah. So it's obviously it's not going to be perfect. Um, it does work. I think... Communication when you when you're playing multiplayer games online, you know, like a big part of that is talking with your friends and and you know having fun that way. So yes, uh, and there's been a few times that I've played with you guys. You guys have been on Xbox, I've been on uh, my PS4, and we have to use the in-game chat, and it doesn't always work. Um, but this is just a first step. Right, I think things will get much better when Sony and Microsoft and um, Nintendo even eventually, when they set their systems, their platforms up to be able to work cross-platform mm-hmm. uh, online, you know, n- natively. N- because with the way that Warzone, like well, the way that Activision does it, is that the cross-platform uh, multiplayer is done through their Activision account. And so it's Activision that is doing and dealing with the cross-platform multiplayer, not Microsoft or Sony. Mm. And I think ultimately 
the until we get full support from Microsoft and Sony, we're still going to run into these these problems, these bugs. Like the one thing I I hated about doing the cross platform multiplayer is having to do that um, Activision account and linking friends with that. Like it it didn't work. And there's so many times that like I knew you guys were online. And it would say that you guys are offline or it'd say that I was offline, but we we're in the same game. Like it was just, it was buggy, but hopefully they, they fixed that for uh cold war when that comes out and with the future updates to their online games. But yeah. Well, <clears throat> going from one change to another, Let's talk about that PS5 UI that uh, was released last week, just after we recorded, and compare it to the new UI that Microsoft has bestowed on us. Well, I mean, we're already we're already getting a sneak peek of what we might see. Series X, because they want everything to be the same. Same. Well, I'm pretty sure that the uh, user interface for the Xbox Series X is the same as what it is on the Xbox one right now. Yeah. The one that they just pushed. Yeah. I was very confused when I started my Xbox the other day, because it opened on a different panel than it usually would. Right. I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? One thing I hate that Microsoft does is they always change like the, the, when you press the Xbox button and it brings up that side menu type thing, they always change the order of everything and move things around on there. Yeah, and on top of that, while we're just complaining about Microsoft, do you hear that, Sony fans? <laughs> don't don't you hate now? Like, if you're in a party with somebody and you're like, if you're like, I know I'm going back to the Warzone conversation, but you need to leave the game, uh, the party chat to go into the game chat. But now you have to like hit Xbox, tab over three times, go down, and then like hit the party and then leave the party. Like your party stuff isn't at the very beginning where it was. Even they move the recording stuff. And I understand that's probably going to be because of the share button. But still, that's a lot to kind of process when you're like in the middle of a game and you're trying to do something real quick and you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but back to the, <laughs> the Zony UI. They released a video uh, explanation. I don't know, preview uh, not too long ago. Uh, just showing some of the new features of the PlayStation 5 uh, menu screen and all that stuff um, updated for 4k monitor. So everything's in 4k um, some new features and stuff like that. Um, it, it looks nice. I feel like there's a lot of empty space in it. Um, they have things called cards, fancy name for just, I don't know, card type things that show different bits of information. Um, some new things for, game help certain games that support it will have essentially like in-game walkthroughs yeah for you know how to find things or complete things which is which is kind of cool um i think this is sony's attempt at um getting people to play games more um and not using other platforms to look things up because they literally said, Oh, no longer will you have to look online for gameplay videos and tutorials on how to do it. It's just in there, right? So um it it might be Sony's way of getting people to stay more focused on their their game and using the system. Um they showed some of the what's it? I forget what they called it, but it's essentially like the 
quick resume feature, um, similar to what um, the Xbox series has. Uh, So yeah, you can hop right into a game with minimal loading, if any, um, and you can switch games on the fly and return back to the game that you're playing exactly where you were. Um, Overall, like I wouldn't say that I was like super, super impressed with the new user interface. I think um, it is a nice change from the Xbox one though. Um, Even though Microsoft has updated the Xbox interface many, many times, I still Mm -hmm. find it too cluttered. I feel like there's too much going on, too many advertisements, all that stuff. Um, But Sony's always been like that. Even if like when you start up the PS4 and you press down on any one of the categories, it's like, or if you click video, for example, it brings you up multiple things you haven't even downloaded yet. It's like, this is available on Netflix, Amazon, Twitch, and then it also shows you like the Sony store. Yeah, and like, if you, I just, that's such a waste of space. I almost believe at this Amazon point. Amazon Prime, time, Disney Plus, right? All that stuff? Yeah. What? No, I'm agreeing with you. Sorry. <laughs> um, oh, <okay. laughs> I, I was going to say, I almost believe at this point in time when you look at even the usable storage that's going to be available on the PS5, which was seemingly confirmed by a screenshot yesterday or not yesterday, like 10 days ago, because it was uh, on October 10th, I believe it shows that out of the 825 gigs available, only 664 gigs will be usable comparing that to the 800. And I want to say two gigs available on the xbox series x that's a difference of two games in some cases maybe much more if you're not playing a bunch of 100 gig games but let's say you are a fan of like the red dead 2 you're gonna buy cyberpunk um you're a big call of duty fan so call of duty with Warzone is gonna be like 115 to 120 Uh, that's three games right now and that's half your hard drive Cyberpunk's clocking in at like 80 to 100 gigs. Yeah. No and, and the thing is, is that in order to take advantage of the quick resume features of either system, the game has to be installed on the internal um, hard drive, the internal storage. I guess they're SSDs now, but internal storage. Um, but I, I would say, though, like the, the UI for PlayStation still, or sorry, PS4, it's not as busy as... Uh, the Xbox one, you know, you have your, your horizontal list line of games. Um, and if you go down, you get more info on the game. And then that's when like, but there's no real advertisements on the the system. Right. Uh, sometimes they will post a, there'll be like a little update for, um, like a, an icon on the, the home screen that shows, you know, like a new sale or something like that. Some I got one for PlayStation Now the other day, which was weird because I have a PlayStation Now subscription. But mm-hmm. the thing is with like with Xbox, you know, you boot up your system and there's advertisements along the whole thing, almost everywhere. And I think this has been a big complaint with against Microsoft for a long time. Um since the the update passed after the blades UI for the 360, which was by far probably the, the best user interface ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that it's majority advertisements. There's so many advertisements. And for people that are, I understand if you're not paying for um, Xbox Live Gold or in this, you know, the future now uh, Game Pass, if you're not paying for a subscription, then you know what? I understand having advertisements on your display on the, the console. Um, but once you pay for a subscription, you know, there shouldn't be any advertisements. And um, that's one thing that Sony has. They don't have advertisements riddled all over their UI. Now, things have changed a little bit for uh, for Microsoft, but they're still there. You know, they're still very, pro- it's still very prominent. Um, but one thing that really was uh, pointed out, noted um, in comparison between the Xbox series and the PS5 UI is the, as far as we know, the Xbox UI is still only going to be 1080p. Um, I guess the people that have Xbox series X consoles out for preview releases, they're, the the main the menus and stuff like that are all only in 1080p. Can I can I ask you a question though? You sure can. Why does it matter? If you're just looking at title cards and non-moving backgrounds, like I know Sony still does that kind of like floating background space cascade thing. But I don't customize my Xbox anymore. It's not like my 360 where I had to have it a certain color scheme. And I needed things to be moving. And my avatar was there throwing a football or shooting a gun. None of that. Mm-hmm. Like when I turn on my Xbox, like I play it on a 1080p monitor. I'm not playing it on my 4K TV, although I probably should. When it comes to like games like Call of Duty, as I've said before, I, I prefer the field of vision where the screen is smaller than where I can look. Whereas yes, like no, if I'm but- playing like a, a sports game or something, sure. The bigger TV, that's fine. But what does the menu matter if it's 1080p? So Why are people complaining about that? I think what it comes down to is that for these systems that are are, are promoting, you know, 4K gaming, 60 FPS, 120 hertz, all that stuff, um, to have such a basic feature, you know, that isn't even displaying at the full display resolution that the system is capable of. You know, it's kind of like, okay, why? What's the reason, right? Um, anything that, any anyone playing on a 4K TV, uh, yes, while 1080p will still look good, depending on the TV, the upscale upscaling will be better or worse. It always is going to be uh, much better to use the TV and play content that is designed for that TV's resolution okay so let me go back and and sorry but but you said like you you don't understand why because you play on a 1080p monitor and that's why right because you are seeing it on a display that it is designed for okay but i'm not saying the game because there are games that i play on my tv but a lot of the games i have are older they're not like Okay, Warzone should be optimized for 4K based on the fact that I'm playing on my Xbox One X. Unless I'm wrong, which I very well could be. But if, no, I think it is in 4K. if pro players are playing on 4K monitors, I'm assuming my Xbox is pumping on 4K. 
or at least it's upscaled to 4K based off it being a Series X. What I'm saying, and it, like I wrote down exactly what you said, for consoles that should be uh, that are advertising 4K gaming, yes, exactly that 4K gaming. It's not 4K menuing. It's not 4K looking through my Xbox. The thing that I'm arguing is if I'm looking at the menu, I don't care if it's 1080p or 4K because maybe they downscaled it to increase the speed of the menu. There's got to be a reason behind this because it doesn't seem like it's an oversight. Microsoft, for lack of a better word, is too smart to be like, haha, Sony, we got the jump on everything with you except the menu. There's a reason. And it's probably just that. It's probably it's quicker to to run through. Maybe it's processed faster so you can get from games to movies to entertainment to whatever you want to do with your Xbox faster. But, but so the keyword was gaming. To counteract that or to counterpoint that, it's on the, the Xbox Series X, right? A system that is the most powerful gaming console ever made that can play games at 4K, 120 hertz right uh, a menu at 1080p versus 4k shouldn't make much of a difference depending on how it's how snappy it is how fast it is that's all based off of how the system is programmed how it's designed could be load control though my my well it shouldn't it shouldn't really matter though right like if, if you can if they can design the system so that uh you can instantly hop in from one game into another and, and continue off right where you were with no, no reloading the game, you know, they should be able to display the user interface in a full 4k resolution. And for, for me personally, I don't care that much. Um, I'm like you, you know, I'm, I'm use I use the system to play games, but I think as for an, an, an aesthetics point of view, you know, Microsoft should want to show off the tr- full capabilities of their system. And yes, part of like a majority of that is games, but part of that is going to be playing movies and just how it looks when you turn it on. If the experience, that's the one thing that I, I kind of took away from the Sony um, preview is that the experience of just browsing through the menus and viewing it, it's very appealing. And part of that is the high resolution, the crisp lines. Uh, everything is very fluid. And when you are using something that is designed for a 1080p display and it's upscaled to 4K, you lose clarity. Um, sure, when you're sitting you know, six feet away, you might not notice it as much, but... Uh, it, it won't look as good or as sharp as it could if it was actually displaying a 4K resolution. Now, granted, it could be that because these display uh, these these preview consoles are just using an early build, um, or I guess in, in this date, uh, you know, a late beta or what comes after beta. The game pre-release version they're using a pre-release version of the the um xbox series system right so granted you know by the time that this console's release next month microsoft might have updated their shit and you know we 
pop open, boot up our new, fresh, new, crispy Xbox Series Xs and um, have a nice 4K UI. If we don't, whatever, it doesn't really matter that much. But I think just for Microsoft to be able to tote that they have the most powerful gaming console ever made, you'd think that just the basic feature of interacting with your console on the lowest possible level, you know, using the system menus, it should be displayed at something that is designed for, you know, what they are promoting their system to be used with 4k TVs. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree. The other thing we're going to be really picky is we're going to look at like the monitor I play on is a matte finish. I don't have the, the lighting as bright. Like I don't have it set to dynamic or anything. I have it set right now on the lighting for this to FPS. And then like with my TV, my TV set up to be like dynamic for film. So the other thing I'm very curious about, and like I'd like to do a side-by-side comparison is I'll take the latest movie that I bought that's 4K. Not digital, straight off the the Blu-ray. Play it on my Xbox One X. Play it off my Series X. Because it still sounds ridiculous that I'm keeping both, but we want to make sure we have a good video player out on the TV. You 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 shouldn't have any... There shouldn't be any visual differences... It's, um, it's, it's, that's a whole other topic, but if you have a 4k, uh, disc player playing, um, a movie on two different 4k players, you should have the same, uh, you should have the same visual quality. I guess we shall see. Um, speaking of seeing, seeing is believing, and uh, I know you've been playing Doom Eternal. They showed off the new trailer to the ancient, the ancient guards part, gods part one DLC. Boy, that yeah. was a mouthful. It's a standalone expansion for Doom Eternal. Bada boom, bada bing. It kind of looks super cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. It's Doom. How how are you liking Doom Eternal? I have yet to uh, download it because I'm a basic bitch. Um, I've also, I mean, now I have a little bit of time on my hands, so I might dabble in it a little, but I've never like, as doom games became faster, I became less, I think into them just cause I found them a little bit harder. They're really fast paced. Um, yeah, well, chaotic. they're very much like the old school shooters, like quake and unreal tournament and stuff like that. Those fast paced arena shooters, uh, Doom is very much still like an arena shooter, um, but very arcadey. Uh, I think id Software got it right with Doom 2016, the kind of remake or reboot of the Doom franchise. Um, they, they got that classic Doom fast-paced arcade shooter mixed in with a modern-day high quality, high fidelity visuals and audio, right? Something that never really was achieved. Like they had other games like bullet storm and other, you know, arcade shooters like that. But I think doom really hit the nail on the head. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And Doom 2016 was a lot of fun. I thought it was, uh, it felt more like a true successor to like the classic Dooms, you know, like with the sprites and stuff like that. And, and those types of level designs there. Um, Doom Eternal takes it up a notch. Same great gameplay but then just adds a whole lot more to it. More, more level designs, more variety, a lot more just doom to it. Um, one thing that I did notice though, is that, so I, I am playing the game on like easy or something like that, just because I don't want to spend all of my time dying multiple times. And I just want to play through the game. Right. Mm-hmm. I know some people are like, Oh, I'll never play games on easy, but you know what? If you want to just get through a game and enjoy the game, not get frustrated with the game, by all means, play it on easy. Anyway, so even playing on easy, there's been a few times where I've come very close to death. Um, so it's it's not, I wouldn't say it's hard on easy, but it's not like you're not a invincible god easy. But I. That's I I'm enjoying it quite a bit. You know, it is a fun game. And you know, I like, I have my Xbox elite series two controller hooked up, set up for doom. And I have some of like the paddle buttons set up to be um, the same buttons for like melee and jump and stuff like that and reload. Mm -hmm. So you can do some real fast pace, like moving, running, gunning and melee all without really having to like move your thumbs off the joystick, reload all that stuff. It's 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 a lot of fun. So I'm I'm actually pretty excited for the um this whole kind of expansion whatever. Yeah, I guess that campaign expansion. Now this is just part 1. We don't know how many parts are I don't know how many parts they're going to be releasing, but um I'll eventually get to this, I'm sure. <laughs> so like in 2022? Yeah, probably. Maybe later. Did you, uh, now this is a timed event, but did you get to check out uh, Haunting Over Dance yet for Call of Duty? No, what is that? So this week's Call of Duty um, update is from the 20th until Halloween. And you can still play the regular Battle Royale, but now you can play, well, this week anyways, you can play trios at nighttime, which is kind of cool. Makes it a little bit more spooky. Um, it's cool too with the trios at night. You, uh, if you go to the prison or dam, they're like haunted and you can hear like witches and like ghosts floating around and stuff, which is really neat. Um, there's also a trick or treating kind of element in the game. So there's, I want to say 13 spots on the map, 12 or 13 spots on the map where you have to like go loot. And if you loot, um, a box and fire comes out, you get a charm. If regular confetti comes out, you get nothing. And sometimes when you're looting in a dark area, a big ghost and a scary noise comes up on the screen. So if you're playing at night and you're playing in the dark, it's freaky as hell, which is fun. Interesting. Um, but you like the thing is, and like I'm just trying to do it all to collect the the cool pumpkin gun that you get. But it's a lot of like calling cards and stuff, which is like seventy percent of a season's pass. Or a battle pass. Ah, and so it's, it's like this is until when? The end of the month. And it is 100% free for all Warzone players. It's just an add on bonus. Um, there's also this crazy ass zombie mode where it's um, you drop in with your team 
I think it's also threes. If you die, you become a zombie. And when you die and you become a zombie, you just fall straight out of the sky and land splat. And then like you like you have these like really cool gruesome claws and you run around. You can charge jump. Your zombie apparently has gas grenades and an EMP charge. If you collect two stim packs, you can come back to life. When you come back out of the air, you don't have to go get a loadout or anything because you come down with whatever guns you had when you died. Um, the only way all your like money and shit gets looted is if you die as a zombie, then people take your shit. Huh. It's fun as hell. It's stressful, but it's fun as hell. Maybe I, um, I, maybe this weekend I'll, I'll hop in and play some rounds. I can tell you I have nothing going on this weekend. Yeah, me neither. That's the one great thing about my job now. I have weekends off. Well, good for you. Yeah. Is there uh, anything else you wanted to tackle on this uh, this faithful episode or? No. No. Can't really think of anything. Cool. Uh, oh, yeah. Hold up. Hold up. We have a contest going on. That's what I was just going to jump to. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to be like, for you faithful listeners who hasn't checked out our Instagram post yet, please make sure you like our post, subscribe to our uh, Instagram or follow our Instagram, and tag two friends for your chance to win Cyberpunk 2077 for the console of your choice. Yeah. We, uh, we've we started that contest. It's been going for, I don't know, about a week now. Uh, when when is it going till November eighteenth is when we're drawing? Yeah, we're drawing the day of re- release, and the people should. Um, well, it depends on the mail. <laughs> well, that's how long it should take to arrive to your house. Additionally, listen in next week and the following week after that. We are going to have two um, contests that are going to run simultaneously through the contest. And what we're going to do is we're going to ask a question that's going to require your input. And if you participate, you get an extra ballot. If you get the question correctly, or you answer the question correctly, you get two ballots. So you're just enhancing your chances to win. Mm -hmm. Again, that's next episode and the episode after that. Yeah, we've, we've, I think we've had some pretty good response so far. So uh, if you want to just increase your odds of, winning your copy of cyberpunk 2077 then you'll have to definitely listen to our next two episodes at minimum hopefully you'll listen to more because we love you we do this for all of y'all and if you don't like our contest and you want us to give away a different game um don't donate the game to us for us to give away i don't know Uh, this is the this is the the beginning of you know i think some Fruitful endeavors. Yeah, we got some more things up in the up in my pipes that I don't know. David needs to clean out his pipes. We need to clean out the pipes, and we need to give all of those things to the people of the 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 children of the corn, our listeners. Well, (laughs) at that rate, that is it for us. If you like what you're listening to, again, please subscribe. Tell all your friends. David and I are here until you want us to go away. Which is never. Have a good one, guys. (laughs) Peace.